Hello, kapla, and welcome everyone to our fan cast. We're a Star Wars boy, a Star Trek girl, and a sci-fi wingnut talk about the new Star Trek series, Strange New Worlds. We are super excited to geek out, talk about the new show, so let's bring in the intro music and get going. What is up? It is not Captain Bubbles and her red shirts today. It is just the red shirts. And, and the worst part about it is, is that she's not in the episode in which she could have been bleak Captain Bubbles. I know. I know. He got a different communicator badge and everything with the big black circle on it and everything. Yeah. She could have been fleet Captain Bubbles, but uh, no. But no. No. She chose to, like, work and do responsible things and go to the doctor to make sure her stroke aneurysm thing was okay and all that stuff. I mean, really, what is more important here? Priorities, people. I know. Priorities. I know. It's just terrible. It really is. It's just terrible. Uh, <laughs> no, she was. She she did do that. She was. Uh, she was working all day out in the Tex 106 degree Texas heat, and uh, she did have to go to the doctor to get a checkup on her noggin. And uh, she just didn't have time before we did the casts, but uh, and she really wasn't going to be able to do this today, even the the last cast on charades today either. But um, plans kind of changed out, and she was like, "Man, I really want to do the cast to talk about the." Star Trek stuff, so we did, and because she was really hyped about it, and uh, she's like, "But I can't, I, I can't do Lost in Translation, so if we do a double cast, I, I can't do it." And I'm like, "Look, we'll just split them up, and and I'm sure everybody will be happy with that, and it'll be fine." And uh, so she kind of bounced in and did the cast uh, just for us a few minutes ago, and then uh, it was nice of her. Yeah, she was super excited about it, and she wanted to, she wanted to talk about it, and then uh, and now she is out. Uh, having dinner and um, watching Lost in Translation as we speak, actually. Well, I mean, uh, uh, hell, I mean, she joined us for the conversation that, as it normally does, ended up de- delving into space lesbians. So, I, uh... a better topic I cannot think of, sir. <laughs> um, I'm just saying it's uh, it's good it's a good thing uh, to uh, to borrow from Miss Stewart. Uh, but uh, and that would be Martha, not. Kristen, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, we're, this time out, it is season two, episode six, Lost in Translation. And you were saying last cast that this was probably your favorite of the season. Why is that? I a couple of things. First of all, this is the first one and I not the not the first one to completely feel this way, but this was the, one of the ones that made me feel like I was watching Trek. <laughs> okay, in what way? Uh, you know, you, you, I mean, you, you had everything from the mysterious first con. I know we had that last episode too, um, but you you had you know delusions. You had you know the the, the ship was almost going to be destroyed. Things exploded. People red shirts died. Um, it, and not only that, for the first time, this new Captain Kirk felt like Captain Kirk. Not, well, Lieutenant Kirk, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I think they did a good job of that. First Officer he, Kirk. He did have kind of some swagger. You got to the conversation with uh, uh, him and his brother, and, you know, kind of you got to see the rivalry, and you got to feel Kirk's ambition. And that's that's one of the things that really defined Kirk, right? Uh, especially his character was Kirk wanted the captain's chair. Bad. Like, horribly bad. He wanted the captain's chair and not just because it was a, a, you know, something he, he, you know, to strive for. He wanted to be there because, and he says this in, in, uh, to Picard, like when you're there, you can make a difference. Don't let him promote you. Don't let him transfer you. When you're there, you can make a difference and you see kind of a little bit, a glimpse of, of who he's going to be in this episode. But, like, but not, not only that, but he kind of, for lack of a better term, takes charge in figuring out what the hell's going on in this. He does. And it's, and it's kind of, it was a little weird 
Because here a lieutenant from another crew is running around Pike's ship. And Pike doesn't challenge him at all. Pike's just like, look, you got some ideas? More power to you. Let's figure out what's going on. Well, uh, Pike is the ultimate talent scout, though. No, he is. Like, he is He is like he embodies get people smarter than you and have them run your company for you, right? Like, that's... That, like the the guy I work for does that right like he he's like look I I know how to run a company you know I find people who are very qualified and very smart and then let them run it right well he also embodies that thing that you get like in some especially in the a lot of the next generation shows which is if you're a good enough of a person to have signed up for Starfleet and gone through all of that to get to that trust what you have to say. Yeah. Yeah. And he does. You know, j- just that simple. I mean, he, he, he basically it's kind of like I trust anybody wearing that uniform. Please don't prove me wrong. <laughs> right. And from Pike's point of view, like he treats everybody the same. And this is one of the things that I, I value about leaders is Pike treats everybody, whether you're an admiral or an ensign. It doesn't really matter. Pike treats you the same. He listens to you the same. He he disagrees with you or agrees with you in the same way. He treats everyone the same. It doesn't matter who well, you are. It, it could have been very, very easy for him or, quite frankly, anybody to have just dismissed what was going on as people being nuts. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it could be you're hallucinating, you're tired, you've got deuterium poisoning. Go back to your room and lay down and we'll deal with this. We'll let the grownups deal with this. He, it, it would have been very, very easy, probably within protocol for him to have done that. And he did at first, right? Because oh, that's it, what it, protocol first, said. But, and, but, and he didn't one, see any but, reason not to. But once again, when he, when his people and even people that weren't his, but Starfleet, people came to him and said there's something wrong here he stopped and he listened there's a there's an episode of tng where and i cannot remember exactly what it was but it was the one where people were disappearing i think it was the warp bubble episode where wesley and the traveler were trying to figure stuff out and and beverly was was the one trapped in the bubble right and it was getting smaller and smaller and smaller and um, she looks at Picard and it's like, look, I know something's wrong. You have to look at this. You have to fix it. You have to trust me. And there's like two Mississippis. And Picard's like, okay, here's everybody. You're gonna, We're going to start working on this right now. And she's like, oh, thank God. You know, he believed me. Pike did that same thing, right? Like, okay, this is happening. Totally get it. What do you want to do? You know, okay, we got to blow up the station that we've all been working on for years and, uh, you know, vacate the area and vent our plasma and all this stuff. And he's like, right, got it. Let's do that then. You sure? Yep. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and basically it comes down to, I'm going to trust you. Please don't prove me wrong. Please don't. I'm, not only am I going to trust you, but I'm going to back you. And I'm even telling you, I'm going to take one on the chin if it comes down to it. Yeah. Don't prove me wrong. Don't screw this up for me. I hope you're right. And trust his people. So uh, it was it was a wonderful kind of expression of how good a leader Pike really is. The the thing that happened that gave me the biggest goosebumps about this episode, and I know it shouldn't have, but it was a total geek out moment, was at the end when you where see... Where they have Perk, O'Hara, and Spock the, all hanging out. For the first time, O'Hara, Spock, and Kirk just talking, just talking, you know? Yeah. Like, and, and it's weird because I, I, I know, I remember I stopped at, on that actual scene and you don't realize sometimes what moments in your life are significant right because they're happening at the moment and they're not significant at the time but 20 years on 15 you know 10 15 20 years on you realize oh my god that's where it started 
I'll give you an example. Well, I mean, they're, they're going to go on to be part of the most decorated crew in Starfleet history right. at that time. Almost every one of them, uh, everyone seated at that table will be an admiral. Right? Like, uh, no, I don't think Spock ever made it to admiral. I thought he did. I was pretty sure he did. Well, no, he was. He made it to ambassador. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, that's that's wrong. Yeah, he was an ambassador. He wasn't an admiral. But everyone will go on to be of vital importance to the to the things around them. Um, and uh, you know what it reminded me of, and I'll give you an example of that. About 15 years ago, there was a gathering, and me, Beef, and Jake sat for the first time in a room together. And from that time on, like that was that was twelve, fifteen years ago when we that meet up. Oh, damn, was it that long? Damn it, what shit? Yeah, yeah. Abby was a kid, <laughs> basically. So um, Abby was just old enough to go and do those things by herself. I mean, that was how young she was at that time. Um, all of us were young. I was in my twenties, I think. Um, no, I wasn't. I was in my thirties. Uh, but I, I mean, that was a long time ago, brother, <laughs> a long time ago. Uh, but we all were in that same room uh, in Chuck's freaking, uh, uh, game room. We all sat together in that game room. I have a picture of it somewhere of, of the three of us. Shannon snapped it cause she was, or not Shannon, uh, somebody else snapped it. It might've been Andre. I can't remember. I, was gonna, I, mean, yeah, I don't think Shannon was I don't think there so. Cause night. I don't think you met Shannon. At that meetup, did I, you? I, I have actually I have actually not met Shannon in person. Yeah, you've talked. I mean, to her I, 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 yeah. I've talked to her on Skype left and right and Twitter left. And, sure. I mean, we've video chatted about Star Trek. God would knows have, how many times at this point. <laughs> but I've never, never been, been in, in the, the same room. room together with her. Yeah. Um, but I, there exists a picture of you and me sitting at a table and beef like right next to us. And that was the first time at a table very much like the ones they were sitting at. It was a little glass round table. Uh, you and I were sitting at it and stuff and chatting, and, and Beef was right beside me. And that was the first time we were ever together in a room. It was a, it's a small moment. It doesn't really mean anything in the grand scheme of things, but it was the first time that happened. And 15 years later, we're still all talking. We're still all friends and brothers, and, and that's just how it is. That moment... And on the Enterprise, in that bar with jazz music playing, which somehow Star Trek always has some kind of <laughs> jazz theme going on. Um, well, uh, wait, you have to admit, in this universe, everything goes back to jazz. In the other universe, in the Chris Pine universe, it all goes back to um, hard rock and yes. uh, Beastie, Beastie Boy. Boys. This is a universe I can live in. When beasties are are considered classical, classical music, music. Uh, you know, it reminds me of Futurama. Fry, you can't just sit here in the dark and listen to classical music. I could if you didn't turn the lights on and turn off the stereo. Um, <laughs> it was it was Baby Got Back by Sir Mix a Lot, which was now considered classical music. <laughs> um, I mean, that's. That's uh, a universe I can live in. The jazz thing, I've never been huge on jazz. Although I think jazz is cool, but I've never sat down and just listened to jazz on purpose. Um, I used to work for, and which is funny because I used to work for a jazz club called Sambuca. <laughs> <laughs> They're like they had like all the jazz greats for like five years. I worked for this club, and and they had restaurants in. Uh, uh, like all over and I used to travel for it and set them all up and do all this stuff anyway. And they're like, aren't you excited about this? And I'm like, I, I'm sorry. I don't know who that is. <laughs> I mean, it was terrible. They're like, why do you work here? I'm like, I'm really good at running audio and <laughs> setting up clubs and doing backend stuff and, and all that. And they're like, but you don't like jazz. And I'm like, no, I'm sorry. Um, I, I I learned a little bit of an appreciation for it because you know my in-laws are, there are a certain portion of my in-laws that are jazz musicians, and I I learned a little bit of appreciation for it. And there's certain things that I really really you know it, it, I, Miles Davis I can listen to him forever. Um, it, it it has to be the right thing, and it I have to be in the right mood. But it, yeah. Um, I, I really like jazz guitar, jazz piano, and jazz trumpet. 
<laughs> I, I, I like jazz, like some jazz. I really like when I hear it. I don't know what it is. Um, well, I, I, I'll agree with you there. I usually can't, I can usually pick out who I'm listening to, but which particular piece, not a clue. Yeah. I, no idea you know like i could probably tell you it's miles davis or or you know something like that but i don't know who you know or i don't know what song it is or something like that yeah i mean i i you know i i mean i've got a wife who's a classical musician and i you know can i listen to something and tell you that it's beethoven or mozart um yeah can i tell you which symphony it is it's oh that's beethoven's fourth i I don't know (laughs) second concerto you know like I, i i don't know that's but I mean, like my my cousin is is uh, has a jazz band, you know. It's just Jackie Myers band. It's uh, it's like yeah, she plays professionally, has for years, you know. And I'm like, she's like, oh, and I listen. I go in and listen to her her live recordings that she puts on YouTube and her streams and stuff. And it's all like really pleasant. I have it going on while I'm doing other stuff. It's really nice. I don't listen to jazz, so it's it's weird to like Star Trek pick that is like that's lounge music in uh, on a starship in the 23rd century you know it's like i wouldn't have picked that for you <laughs> you know like <laughs> I, well it could have been worse it could have been klingon opera that would have been worse yes <laughs> i mean you can remember Worf walking into the ferengi uh clubs all of a sudden looking do you know malota <laughs> <laughs> Although I wonder if there's an Earth equivalent, right? Like prune juice, right? Like if there's a if there's a brand X you know, where it's just as acceptable, you know, a warrior's drink, ah, oh, warrior's music. Like I'm pretty sure, like you could do some Disturbed or some Beasties or some. Well, I, actually, I'm pretty sure that Warf Dave would Mustaine. go in a Barana. In a what? That's the that's the piece of music that you always hear in Excalibur, oh, just about okay, any other fantasy yeah. movie when they go riding off to the war. Um, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure Warp could go for that. You know what? I tell you what. I tell you what. Warp would probably go to. This would be Warp's music prune juice. Bon Jovi's "Blaze of Glory." Look, if you don't. Uh, I, like yes, if you can't fight to that, I don't know. Like if that doesn't get you pumped, I don't know what. Would. Well, well, but but you know that that's the kind of like you know he he went for pure prune juice instead of blood wine. I could see him going for Blaze of Glory being just that nice little guitar background versus you know Klingon opera and just be able to sit there and go, but this is a warrior song. Yeah, wanted dead or alive. You know, exactly. like Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi could almost be. A... <laughs> could almost juice. be Klingon opera. Yeah, exactly. You know, it could be the prune juice of Klingon music. It's it's real close. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't go so far as to push it to like Poison or Def Leppard, but I'm saying, you know, like there's there there's some similarities. Uh, <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, it's no, the see, prune juice see, of I mean, warrior music. It, I love but, that. But, but think about that because because it would I mean even though you could probably pull it off, I, it's not going to be the same thing as like for example, Welcome to the Jungle. That is, that's I, mean, I could a see a Klingon liking Welcome to the Jungle. Oh, I yeah. don't see Warp liking Welcome to the no, Jungle. No, he he's more into the honorable ballads. I would think Welcome to the Jungle is a little more dirty than he would he would dig it. Although I I I do love the fact that uh, Kirk listens to Beasties. That that makes my soul happy. You know, <laughs> Beastie Boys is up. The loud the... music and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I I just it makes my soul happy. I, Beasties is in my top five bands of all time. Uh, it always has been. It's it's just like yes, please more of that. Um, three Jewish white boys screaming at the top of their lungs, <laughs> rapping over metal music. I if that's not awesome, I don't know what the hell is. You know. Uh, that's, I don't know. I, I I I see Spock as a Pink Floyd guy. I see. I don't. I no. I maybe. But see. Uh, okay. No. 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 Let, let Let's be honest about Spock. Michael Bolton. That I could see. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's it's melodic. It's got some complexity to it, but it's pretty easy listening. I'd say that's probably Spock in a nutshell. It, 
and I and I'm going to typecast here, but Embanga, uh, uh, that's that's Bob Marley. See, I'd have gone with Chumbawamba Tump Thumping. Uh, see, because I, what I liked, it wasn't even the fact that Bob Marley was specifically reggae. It's the fact that he was singing about freedom for Jamaica. See, I, that's why I was like, you know, tub thumping. You know, I get knocked down, I get back up again. I'm th- I think that's that's in bank. No, no, that would work. It's it's not bad. Uh, I, I don't. OK. Uh, Ortega. Santana. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, with a little Matchbox 20 mixed in there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No, I could totally see that. Now, Chapel. I'm going to go with Japanese death metal. Now, see, Chapel's the kind who has a mixtape that goes from classical music to death metal. <laughs> Maybe, sir. With a, with a little bit of smooth jazz thrown in, you know, somewhere along the line. Yeah, because she's got a, you know, like, that's what she has sex to. It's like the smooth jazz stuff. <laughs> and then the more up-tempo <laughs> stuff is the stuff she finishes with. Yeah. Like, she yeah. brushes her teeth to, to like, you know, uh, I don't know, Rage Against the Machine. You know, like to get pumped for the day. Yeah. Uh, and then somewhere along the line that, you know, and, and it, she's the one who you're sitting there listening to the uh, the, the playlist. And you, it goes from playing Rage Against the Machine into a Mozart concerto. And you're just looking around going, what? What? What, what is that? What has happened? Although you know, next thing you know, you've got disco music coming on, and it, it, yeah, she she's she's got that playlist that touches everything, but it doesn't make sense to anyone else in the world. <laughs> Look, if you can't appreciate Barry Gibbs' voice, I don't know what. <laughs> I I don't understand you as a person. I, I, mm. I know this is completely besides the point, but who woke up one day and just went, you know what? I'm going to make an entire career out of singing falsetto. <laughs> <laughs> the Gibb Brothers. That's <laughs> Look, have you ever watched like him sing? It is it is an yeah. amazing thing to watch. I mean, I one of my favorite videos is a couple of kids who review uh uh songs from like the 80s and the, and the 70s and stuff like that and they're too uh i just i only saw this video of them like gen z or something like they're very young and they heard they'd never heard anything of of uh you know the the whole genre okay, uh shameless cross promotion we kind of do the same thing with movies with sean's daughter oh we do. Uh, it's called 80s cheese movie review um look it up it's fun it is fun she enjoys that, so do we. Uh, but uh, they had never heard the Get Brothers sing, and they they heard the song, and and they're like, and then they see them, and they're like, oh my god, I thought they were black. I I can't. They couldn't believe they were white. <laughs> it never even occurred to them. They're like, I heard this song on Roll Bounce, and I my mom listens to this, and I swear to God, I thought they were black. I have to admit, I, I have to admit, I one of my favorite things when it comes to uh, rap music is all the stuff that they've done by sampling, staying alive. Oh yeah, Th- yeah. those are all, like uh, Wycliffe and I can't remember who the other one who does it is. Um, but oh. yeah, the the, the different um, the songs that have been done to uh, staying al- by sampling, staying alive. It is it is just an earworm that doesn't go away. And then no. Bullet Train, when all of a sudden they're singing it in Japanese. <laughs> it is so bad. Look, you convinced me to watch Bullet Train, okay? I didn't want to do it. It was the most fun. And the, the more the movie, like the, the further around in the, you get in the movie, the better it is. It's just fantastic. I, it is, it's not a great movie by any stretch of the imagination, but it's no. fun. Is severely, severely it, fun. It, actually, the the best way I can describe it is it's low rent Tarantino. I would I would agree with that. It's actually it, it is low rent Tarantino, but it is quality low rent Tarantino. Yeah, it, it basically what I mean is it's a, it's an entire movie about dialogue and violence. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Like you, it's it's really. 
better than I expected, and I didn't didn't want to like it. But um, I mean, I you know what's funny is I love stuff like like Beasties and Rage Against the Machine, and and uh, like the, these are uh, all just fantastic classic art. Do you know what I listen to at work because I can just put it on and not have to think about it because I just need music. <laughs> I'm afraid to ask. 80s pop. <laughs> Straight 80s pop. Right? Lots of Madonna. Steve Winwood. Huge Steve Winwood fan. I love freaking Steve Winwood. I, I think uh, fantastic, you know? Okay, okay. I, I have to admit I do the same thing, but it's generally 70s classic rock. Just about anything that would have shown up at... Uh, actually, I take that back. Late 60s. Classic rock. Basically, anybody who would have shown up at Woodstock, that that general <laughs> era, that that's my background music. <laughs> you know? I just I, like I put it on, and I don't have to think about it. It's just happy music from my childhood. You know, like, uh, and I I don't know how to explain it, and I don't know why I like it so much. But uh, like, I'm convinced that I like everything Steve Winwood ever did. Madonna, same thing. Def Leppard, rock on. Bon Jovi, fine. Like any 80s pop or rock, huge Fleetwood Mac fan. Like Shannon oh, and yeah. I argue about Fleetwood Mac all the time because she's a Stevie Nicks fan. She, In fact, uh, in our last cast, uh, season two, episode five, Charades, Shannon came in this room with a Stevie Nicks shirt on. <laughs> um, I much, much prefer the Christy McVie songs, the ones that she wrote and, and did lead on and, and stuff like that, because I like the harmonies better. And she normally sings happier songs. Uh, everything with Stevie is, is heartache, heartbreak and pain. Uh, Christy McVie. Well, yeah. Know. She, I mean, not, not, not only that, but you know, you, you got to talk about, you got to love the fact that her whole thing was singing songs about how the guitar player standing next to her is a dick. You know, if you were ever going to be as petty as you could possibly be. <laughs> Write a song about the breakup of you and said guitar player and then make them sing that on stage for 30 years. <laughs> like, you want to talk about revenge, okay? That is worse than any alimony or any any child support or any anything you could do, you know, like wrecking or selling their car or anything like that. No, 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 no. Make a song about how they made you feel and then make them play it for the next 30, 35 years. That is freaking genius. <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, there, there's one person that I never would have listened to in the 80s and 90s. And as an adult and as somebody who learned more about music once he married a musician, uh, that I went back and it, well, I, I came across again and suddenly went, holy shit, he's really a good mu musician, Prince. Oh yeah, I never would have listened to Prince when I was younger. Never. Operator is a huge Prince fan. Uh, I, but but see, I came back across it um, as, as an adult, an adult who knew a little bit more about music than he knew as a kid, and suddenly went my god this man's a genius no he literally was he was a musical genius he like no joke i mean uh, yeah he was on drugs and he was high all the time and he had a weird religion thing but but still like boil all that down um he was flat like no bs at all a, a musical and lyrical genius um there have been i mean i don't i can't remember uh, op knew at one point but he has literally written thousands of songs. Like oh, thousands. yeah. Some of that, most of which no one has ever heard. Yeah. I mean, like he would um, if he liked you like uh, there's a famous story and I think it was. Um, oh, crap. It wasn't Manic Monday, but it was one of the other ones. Um, he had a crush on Susanna Hoffs. So he wrote them a song so that he could meet. Susanna Hoffs and presumably have sex with her, although she didn't do that. And she, you know, Susanna Hoffs was actually wildly normal, apparently. And um, but they took the song. I think it was Hazy Shade of Winter is what he gave him. It was either Hazy Shade of Winter or Magic Mon or, uh, Manic Monday. But he would just give people songs here. 
Have that. You should do this. This is written in your vocal range. I wrote it for you. He wrote thousands but, of them. But, but apparently there's also like thousands of songs that he's recorded that he's just never released. Apparently there were. Now, you begin to wonder um, I mean, let, why that I, is. Well, at the same time, you know, somewhere along the line, when somebody gets the rights to those, he's going to start becoming as prolific as Tupac was after he died. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I know that there was a huge battle for who gets what after he passed and, and all that stuff. But, I mean, the man could tell an unbelievable story. Um, and he could either tell it to you straight up like um, Raspberry Beret, right, where he's just you're along for the ride. And it's just like this huge, bouncy tune where you can picture what's happening. Or he can give you Little Red Corvette, right, where he tells you kind of with a veil between you and what the meaning is so he can play it on radio what was happening. Um, I, like it, so prolific, right? See, I think that's the kind of stuff Chapel would listen to, like crap that but, you have to interpret. <laughs> oh, but but I, I I agree. But at the same time, it's mixed in with just about everything else, and it's all in a playlist that you know only it's, she it's not, understands. <laughs> well, not, not only that, but only she understands. But it also it it does. It's not like you get like a she doesn't have a playlist with this genre and then a playlist with this genre and then a playlist with this genre. She's got it bouncing from classical to st- death metal to uh, hardcore gangster rap and, <laughs> and left and right, and it's and, and everybody's just confused when it when it changes songs. The Romulan K-pop, yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. I would I would watch Romulan it, like chick K pop. Yeah, I would do that. And and I'm ninety percent sure you're absolutely correct that Romulans listen to, Romulans have K pop. You would think so, right? Because like, it's yeah. the last thing you'd expect, but they would totally do that. Because in Discovery no, 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 no. That, when you that, watch that, uh or when one of those when you watch the Romulan dude like like sister come on to him and you're like, Oh, that's how the Romulans are. They're bad. You know? Uh huh. She's a bad girl. <laughs> I like her. Uh huh. Um, yeah, they would totally have K-pop <laughs> and no one would know, like it would be a, a national secret. Like the tall Shiar would kill anybody who, who gave someone other than a Romulan Romulan K-pop, right? Like, cause it's there. You're not supposed to know or hear it. It's only for us. I, I think that's how that is. And, and Cardassians, their music sounds like what goes on in the backgrounds of porn. <laughs> All I can think is Garrick, like bobbing his head, like yeah, <laughs> exactly. And 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 Bajorans, it's country western all the way. You think? I was yeah. thinking like Freedom Rock, you know? No, 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 country western all the way. <laughs> Patsy Cline. Uh, I'm, I'm, they, they've got a Garth Brooks concert going on <laughs> on Bajor. I got friends in low places. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> they call the thing rodeo. Yeah, okay. All right. All right, sure. <laughs> Thunder rolls. Yeah. No, actually, <laughs> what's funny is <laughs> Shannon and I traced it back. And before we met, right, like b- before we actually knew each other and everything, Garth Brooks came to town. It was the t- it was the one they shot in Dallas where he had the the blue and black brush popper shirt on uh, yep unfortunately i know exactly what you mean we were both at that concert like shannon I'm and i sorry. were both at that concert um i'm I, sorry it was actually a great concert i didn't want to go um but a friend of mine's mom had tickets and and you know it was a choice between staying at home and going out with your your friend and, and stuff and going to see a concert yeah sure i'll go see a concert i, I think i was i don't know 16 17 something like that um he was really good like he puts on a really good show um but uh, shannon and i were both there because i was like oh yeah i went to that concert she goes i went to that concert. where were you i'm like oh i was way up in the nosebleeds over here she goes i was in the nosebleeds on the other side of the stadium I'm like oh cool <laughs> so it was it was kind of neat um i we also figured out she buckled me into a ride at six flags because she worked there um Oh, it, there was a night that uh, my dad's company bought out 
the park and she always worked us and she remembered that night because she she felt bad or something like that and i remembered i rode these different rides and she's like oh my god i was working those that night and she's like i buckled you into that fucking ride and i'm like i probably stared at your ass <laughs> likely <laughs> likely that does likely. sound like me <laughs> yeah well it's, it's it's very likely it's very likely anyway but uh I uh, so that's lost in translation. Uh, uh, oh, and and and, and my, my last comment on this one is as far as the uh, alien music is the Andorians follow the dead. <laughs> because yes, of course they do. They're total deadheads. Oh, absolutely. No, I mean, they'd almost have to be. You know, <laughs> it'd almost be a requirement, right? I mean, they're always so stiff that you can just done with the day. They're going back and put on uh, some uh, 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 Jerry Garcia, roll the fatty, call it a day. Oh, yeah. Oh, Hemmer yeah. was I promise you, Hemmer was stoned most of the time. Well, he I mean, yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you be? <laughs> Although I started out not liking Hemmer and honestly, I miss him. Because he was, he turned out to be really cool. Well, actually, we we started learning, uh, getting uh, some bit, a bit more of the the new engineer this time, and and basically her uh, rubbing Una the wrong way. Yeah, that was because great. she she doesn't exactly follow protocol. <laughs> <laughs> basically, standing there, she's like, "You got crumbs on your on your shirt. When did you have time to eat?" <laughs> and and she did the cardinal sin. Like, the worst thing you can do in a command position. She literally did pull rank, right? Because the minute you do that is the minute everybody in the room loses respect for you. She's like, well, I'm in charge and you're not. So how did I get to be first officer and you suck, you know? And it's like, the minute you do that, you're just you're just admitted to being childish. Well, and the, uh, you, you disobeyed my orders. Well, if I hadn't, we wouldn't know the station was about to blow up. <laughs> exactly. It's like Uda has had to eat it at every turn with her, right? Because she's like, well, if I didn't, we would have been exploded by now. So you're welcome. <laughs> well, when it, when it comes to those kinds of things, when you're dealing with somebody who is uh, a few thousand years old, um, you're immediately at a disadvantage. Yeah, I'm guessing they're pretty insufferable if they want to be, because they're like, because they've seen it all. Like, yeah, you're lashing out well, because they, of this. They've had that argument before. Yeah, every argument. They've had every <laughs> argument from every side of it before. They've been the the whiny child. They've been the adult. They've been the old person. They've been they've been on every side of that argument. They're like, yeah, you're doing this. Now, if you want to continue it, doing that, that's fine. And the worst part about it is it's exactly what she did to her in the shuttle ride back. You're you're upset with me because of this. Now we can just admit it that and, and move on, or we can keep pretending. Yeah, whichever you would like. Either way is fine with me. I know I know both ways this is gonna go. So okay, whatever you want to do. Um, yeah, it is. It is. I I bet it is very frustrating for her. Um, I, I have to say I was proud of Laon for not being jealous of Uhura for uh, having for monopolizing Kirk time. I really enjoyed seeing Laon be uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, like she's got feelings for him and she can't say anything, and you know, like you know, she's not going to wind up with him, right? Because nobody gets to keep Kirk. Kirk is unkeepable no. because the Enterprise is his wife, essentially. Exactly. Um, that's that's his lady. Um, I I don't think the, the the closest person to to being actually married to Kirk that you ever get is Spock. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's as close as you get. You know, like as far as a, a somebody that he will treat like the most important person in the entire world. That's Spock. That's who it is. That's his brother. You know. Um, uh, you know she's not going to keep him, so nothing's really going to come of it. I mean, I mean, he he brought Spock back from the dead. He didn't even do that for his own son. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Not that he brought Spock back, but that he didn't do it for David. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, my kid's dead. It's fine. 
Spock's here, and that's what's important. <laughs> oh, that's good. I like that. It cost you your son. If not, it would have cost me my soul. <laughs> it's Spock. Um, okay, well, how many parents do you know who wouldn't sell their soul for their children? Yeah, I was going to say, well, that's an easy call. You know, I've got bye kids. I guess I gotta go. You guys enjoy it. Remember me fondly. This is your father. Yeah, don't touch my stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is is you don't really think about it until you're you're a father yourself. But like none of the crap you have, you spend all your life trying to get a bunch of cool stuff, and then you realize you're basically just renting it. Oh yeah. I mean, it's you're, anything that lasts past you, it's not going to be yours anymore anyway, and you can't do anything with it. So your kids are going to want it. And this is something fun that I've seen with a lot of people as I get older. Um, their kids don't value anything you own, <laughs> right? Like if it's, it was not the, the monetarily important, like, oh, what are we going to do with Dad's Ferrari? I guess we'll just junk it. No, I mean, they'll sell that. But I mean, like anything that was most people – and I'm just making a generalization here. Most people don't have anything that's truly valuable, right? You have some some family jewelry and some stuff and all that kind of stuff. But most people don't have the Hope Diamond locked away in a safety deposit box. You have things that are important to you. And you, a lot of times, especially nowadays, you know, with a culture shift and all that kind of stuff, your kids don't really care about that crap. No. You don't like they don't want it. That's just a bunch of boomer crap. Yeah, that's just a bunch of crap. I, I don't need any of that. You know, like it's weird. There, there is one continuity thing that I hope at some point in life that they get to address just because I know why they did it. Just because, you know, as we've talked about before, as you know, there's no way that they could have brought back the complete old Enterprise and had it look anything like less than oh, junk. Sure. Yeah, I mean, there, there, okay. it wasn't even possible. But that being said, you see Pike's captain's quarters. Yeah. Do you remember Kirk's captain quarters? Yeah, it was like two rooms, and it was very kind of... Very, very Spartan, sparse, Spartan. And, yeah. and much, much smaller. Yeah, what I'm, much. What I would hope that they'll do at some point in life is... If you ever do get to see Kirk take over, I want to see them tell them that they had to refit it for more crew members or something of that nature <laughs> and, and have screwed. him walk in and go, oh, man, I wanted that old, that other guy's captain's quarters. <laughs> he had, like, the sex pad and everything else and, like, a big-ass kitchen uh-huh. and a fireplace. I was, like, I, I was gonna say, I don't even I don't get the fireplace. I mean, come on. <laughs> Where's the bearskin rug? Like, I have been robbed. Yeah. Oh, Totally. He has, like, you know, Gordon Ramsay's kitchen stuffed in that thing, and a big fire pit and a conversation bar and, you know, like a fur rug that he gets to have sex with uh, uh, Winona Earp on and, and, like, all that stuff gone by Kirk's day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, gone. You get some sparkly chairs, and uh, that's about it. <laughs> like, two rooms, and it's very spartanly appointed. Yeah, I I want that comment of gee, where 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 the where'd that other cabin go? Pike's setup was way cooler, man. <laughs> I get like two rooms, like that's it. This is BS, dude. Yeah, we need more room for more photon torpedoes. Oh, well, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everything was kind of dimly lit too on the on the old TOS Enterprise, you know. It was <laughs> like every yeah, every time you went into somebody's quarters, it was severely dimly lit. You know, Pike's got this beautiful lighting, you know, overhead lighting, and it's all like sparkly, and everybody's all like having awesome conversations and and everything. You know, like the Hogwarts parties where where they're all like, yay. Spock gets reduced down to just a meditation room with a lamp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, this is crap, man. <laughs> the only one who has a reasonably Spartan room, and hers is even pretty badass, is La'an. Right? La'an's room is pretty well, Spartan. La'an is a Spartan. Yeah, well, 
It's true. <laughs> the only thing she cares about of, of value is that broken-ass watch, right? Which they still have not had the engineer come back and go, I know what that watch is, and I remember you. Right? Like, they have not had that moment. I was no. really expecting it, and we didn't get it, and I was upset. I'm still upset. <laughs> I really wanted tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow to end with her going, you want to talk about that watch, or you just want, want to say anything? You know, like I just mention it, do something. But no, we've got nothing. Well, the, the only the, the other question is, has the time woman showed up at, at her and said, you can't talk about this? I mean, did she also get the well, lecture of you? Well, yeah, maybe. I mean, I guess she could have. But I mean, it wouldn't hurt if Laon was talking to her because they already know. Right. Like they they were already there. I mean, is it? Is the time woman going to show back up when Boimler and Mariner show up? She better not because she's super smarmy and I hate it. <laughs> and I have great love for Boimler and, and Mariner, so I'm I'm seriously looking forward to that next week. Oh God, absolutely! Shannon I, has I no need, idea, but I, it's, I I need I need this episode. I know, I know. I've been waiting for it all season. It's like, dude, <laughs> I this is the one I've been waiting for. I see, I saw them in the trailer, and damn it, I this is I I want that now. Thank you. Uh, yes, please. I'll come back for seconds. They've got her with her sleeves all rolled up. Oh, it's so freaking cool. <laughs> I love it. Look, guys, prepare prepare yourselves for, for next episode. Go watch some lo- Lower Decks. I'm not kidding. Star Trek Lower Decks is a gem and a half if you've never seen it. It's animated, yes, but it's very fast. The delivery is very quick, and... And it is some of I'm I will hold to this. It is some of the best Star Trek ever. It really is. Um, so I, I do have to admit I I'm I'm somewhat disappointed that we're not getting the Orion chick as well. <sighs> yeah, I mean, there's some stuff that they could really do. I mean, there's some I, really cool things they could do. <laughs> I, I love the fact that even though she's the sweetest thing under the sun, that she's actually descended from like Orion pirates and, you know, so just has, cool. it just, just absolutely kicks ass. And, and, but at the same time, it's kind of like, but that's not my life. Tendi is, is just the sweetest thing that you're pretty sure would kill you. If you, if you well, got I, between I, her, I, I bet you Tendi and, um, um, chapel would get along perfectly oh yeah oh yeah no but yeah yeah for sure and tendy is one of my favorite in, 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 in fact i think i think chapel would probably you know you know uh, jump tendy i would jump tendy for sure 100 <laughs> percent. well yeah we've we we know about your uh, your uh, predilection for aliens oh but... uh, you know i'm a big fan <laughs> You know, Orion slave girls are at the top of the list. Orion girls, in particular, <laughs> at the top of the list. Well, going back to uh, uh, Pine Trek, I think I love you. That is so weird. <laughs> I don't think that's the answer I she was looking for. That is so, that is so weird. <laughs> it's so great. You know what they did? A like you want. Uh, Captain Kirk, Chris Pine was the first, and I would say probably only one that I would fully accept, no matter what he did, as a replacement for Shatner. He is, was... But as I said, this episode was the first time that I actually bought into this guy as being Kirk. Yeah, I'm having a little more trouble. I mean, it is Kirk. It is. It's him. Um, But... Like you, I do have a little trouble with like that wasn't Shatner esque. <laughs> like Kirk wouldn't have said that, you know. Like he... uh, n- no, but the, as I said, the first time we have got even. Yeah, this was stuff. very Kirky, um, as far as I'm concerned. This episode uh, was was very very good. So I'm hoping. Um, I don't know who they brought. Did they get Jack Quaid and Tawny Newsom to play Beckett and? and oh uh, yes. Okay, good. Okay. Yes. So they are like their real life selves are going their, their, to go their and voice play actors the... are playing themselves. Oh, so. yes. Because um, well, I mean, because the, the thing the is, voices is that, wouldn't be right if they didn't. 
Well, no, but not only that, they, and, and somewhere along the line in the genius of Lower Decks, they actually, you know, drew the characters to look like their voice actors. So freaking great. Yeah, I mean, if you took Noelle Wells and made her look human, or made her look like Tendi, just put, made her green, she would look pretty much like Tendi. Um, real close. <laughs> really close. Um, although... I, I don't think Jerry O'Connell looks like uh, Commander. Um... No, no, that, that 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 doesn't work. No, you're right. No, I mean it's it's close, but not, not even, not not it's not there. But uh, I, I'm very excited for next episode. I I cannot wait. Uh, this this should be good, and it has to do with time travel too, because Beckett and. Uh, uh, Boimler and Mariner. Boimler, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. Uh, Boimler and Mariner are not in, like, they're, they're in next gen's time. So yeah. they're they're having to come back, right? For Actually, some they're, they're, they're post, they're, they're just post next gen time. Yeah, so they're, there's they're, like. Theirs takes place right after Nemesis. Yeah, so there's like 60 years, 50, 60 years difference. There. So they, they've got to be. Oh, that, that's actually closer to like 100 years because they were 80 years difference from Kirk into. Oh, that's right. Because um, Scotty had been in generation. there. For, oh, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. No, it's there's they got to be coming back in time. It's time travel episode. I'm so excited. <laughs> anyway, you got anything else for this one, sir? Uh, no, only the fact that I'm hoping to jump out of a green uh, portal in, in, in the show somewhere along the line. <laughs> Well, Rick and Morty I, rep, if you don't get it, if, you, if you didn't know. Super, super happy that uh, you have seen Rick and Morty now, sir. Uh, Strange New Worlds fancast at gmail.com. I promise you we will check it more often than we have been in the last three <laughs> or four weeks. Well, uh, well, I mean, what? We're, we're uh, two-thirds of the way through the season, and yeah, we just got to know, the email from the first episode? Yeah, you know, we're pretty much on track with that. I I, uh, <laughs> I don't have Kayla here reminding me, do we have email? Do we have email? Do we have email? Do we have email? <laughs> so there's a, there's a little bit of that. But uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for downloading. And we will see you next time. This has been an episode of the Strange New Worlds Fancast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being with us. If you'd like to hear more shows like this one, you can find us at strangenewworlds.podbean.com for more podcasts on Strange New Worlds. If you'd like to contact us, you can hit us up via email at strangenewworldsfancast at gmail.com or on Twitter at trek underscore worlds. We are a part of the Lone Wolf Podcast Network. And to hear more of this cast and other casts like it, you can check us out at lonewolfpodcasts.com. Once again, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.